Lord wherever you are. He is faithful, and the truth is, better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even faints for you, for here my heart is
Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We can celebrate the truth of this today, that Jesus is truly the way in every season. Christ is enough.
we thank you that we have the privilege to come before you, God, in every season, in every situation, God. You are good, and you invite us into your presence. Lord, we thank you that you have not called us to fix ourselves, God, even if we wanted to, we couldn't, Lord. But it's by your grace that you provide for us everything that we need. You say, come as you are. Cast your burdens upon you, Jesus. That we are to cast our burdens that there's freedom in you, God. And so, Lord, I pray that as we gather around your table, Lord, wherever we are, God, that we'll set our eyes on you and rejoice in this sweet season because you, we know you're doing great things, God, right now in Burlington, in the community, in the nation, Lord, in the world, God. You are bigger than anything this world can bring, Lord, and you are in control and you have a great plan. And so, Lord, we put our trust in you and we celebrate the reality Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Julie. You're the best. Well, good day, good day to all of you. Um, BCC family and anyone else tuning in uh, today, we are glad you're with us and going to dig into the Word of God a little bit this morning uh, and just refocus our attention, our mind on things above, and on the Word. A lot's going on out there. It's a crazy world right now. Uh, but just keep the faith. Uh, the most important thing that we do is that we allow our faith to overcome any fear that might come our way. Um, and just trust the Lord and, and, and listen and do what uh, we're being asked to do and lay low for a little while. And don't forget to use uh, some good hand sanitizer uh, with alcohol in it, preferably, would be the best. And uh, that way, we will not pass on germs to anybody else. So that would be a very wise thing to do. Very wise. We're going to dig into the Word. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would move in this place, in, in our hearts, right in our living rooms, wherever we are, in our car, on our phone, uh, on the computer, and that you would do something amazing, Lord, uh, in our time together. As we open your Word, as we refocus our attention on you as we block out the craziness of the world right now and and it's gotten so big and so loud uh, and we pray that your spirit would just grab hold of our hearts and our minds and help us to just focus our attention on you because we know when we do that lord uh, great things happen we see clearly we think clearly we do things that are in line with you so guide our steps and uh guide our, our talk, and um, move in our lives. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're moving forward. That's what we're doing. We're moving forward with Jesus. That's a little reminder of uh, what we need to be doing with our hands. And um, we're learning to let go and let God. That's kind of what we're, we've been talking about, letting go and letting God, letting go of things that are holding us back. And uh, Letting God do something new in our life, something big in our life to use us, like right now. Uh, you know, it's good to know the history of the scripture and what was going on in Jesus' day and the time of Moses and when Noah uh, built the big boat and all those things. Uh, those are great things to know. But if we're not letting God use us today, then we're kind of missing the point. God wants to use us right now like he used those guys back then. So God's always moving forward. He's always working, and we want to move with Him 
And that means we've got to, to let go of certain things that, that keep us like in one place. The tendency is to just get comfortable, just to relax and to stay put because everything's uh, you know, nice and comfortable right here. But that's not what God wants. He wants us to move forward with him. He wants to do something new in the world through you. And uh, if we don't have an attitude and a mindset that says, God, here I am, use me, then we're going to kind of miss the boat on that. We're not, we're not going to be used by God to our fullest. And so that's what we want to do. I told you last time we were going to talk about Legos. A new show out called Lego Master. It's been out now for a little while. Great, cool little show. I've just watched it a couple times. But uh, basically what happens is these teams of people crazy-looking people come together and they um, build these really cool uh, Lego projects, uh, monsters and cities and uh, theme parks and all these like crazy things like, like that. Like that's just, that's massive when you think about Legos. And uh, so they build these things and they compete against one another. And uh, there's even a challenge in, in the competition to build, uh, to build a, a Lego project that when hit with a baseball bat, explodes like the best explosion wins kind of thing. You know, you got to build it to explode. And probably kind of crazy looking thing there. Uh, and there's a kid who, um, 10-year-old boy with autism, that built this, uh, the Titanic ship. It's, on, uh, it's in Pigeon Forge. You can go see it at a museum there. But he built this ship out of Legos. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Have you, have you ever, like, have you, anybody here ever uh, stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night? It's not fun, right? It's no fun. But when you put these Legos together in, in the right way, you can do something really creative with them. And this little guy uh, built that ship out of Legos. 56,000 Legos individually laying around, meaning nothing, brought together in the right way. With, with the right mind in, in, in sight and a good plan, and you could do something really, really, really special. And he did, and these guys do. And uh, it takes lots of Legos, you know, it takes lots of Legos, it takes lots of patience, it takes lots of effort, and it takes uh, a intention, like a, a, a clear idea of what it is you want to accomplish to pull this thing off, to build something really creative and with great detail. I mean, it's insane what they can do, all to become the Lego master, to hold the title of the Lego master, and to win a trophy made out of, you guessed it, Legos. So, Legos. Crazy, right? What, what a person can do with a little plastic thing, with a bunch of little spiky parts on it, fit together on others, create cool things. And you and I, we are Legos. We are Legos, okay? We're just nothing but a Lego, okay? Actually, we're more than a Lego, but work with me on this, okay? We are Legos in the hands of God. And God is building something. He is under construction. We are under construction, and he is constructing us. God is at work, and what he's building is, is his church. He's building his church, not out of bricks, not out of mortar or sheetrock or wood or, or plywood or any of that stuff, or plastic or Legos, but out of people, like people, you and me. 
he calls us the ecclesia. We are God's ecclesia, his church, the called out ones, what the word ecclesia means. It's a biblical word that means the body of Christ, right? The people of God. That's the church that God is building. He's not constructing buildings all over the planet. God is constructing people, your life, my life. He's building into us one truth at a time, making us the strongest piece that we can be as he puts us and fits us in with the kingdom of God all around our community and the people we worship with, together with all those in the world who are followers of Christ. If you think about that, if you just think about your part and how important it is for you to be the best part or piece that you can be, because that's going to fit into all the other pieces to make the church. Just like a Lego master would create this cool project, God is in the business of creating this amazing or organism on the earth called the church. The church. This living, breathing body of Jesus. His hands, his feet, his mouth. And we go out into the world in lots of places to share the good news of who Jesus is. And so God's at work. And all through time, God has used, uh, he has used different people uh, to, to build, to uh, construct. From, from Adam and Eve all the way through the uh, prophets and those uh, church fathers uh, of old, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, all the way into the New Testament period with the apostles. And, and one of God's chief builders is a guy by the name of Paul. He is an apostle called by God. Later on, after uh, Jesus is gone, he appears to Paul. Paul is persecuting the church uh, in Acts. And God gets a hold of Paul, blinds Paul. And when he opens Paul's eyes, Paul realizes that he has been fighting against God the whole time. And Jesus gets a hold of Paul and turns Paul into a master builder, a master builder through Paul. And uh, what Paul does, is he, he goes on missionary journeys and he plants the seed of God in different places around the world, mostly up in Asia Minor, and uh, churches like the Colossians and, and the Philippians and Galatians and all these, these groups of people, these areas of Asia Minor, where Christians give their life to Jesus, and then they begin to come together and become the church, like in different places. And on Paul's journeys, he establishes these groups of people that become the church, and then he writes letters later on to them that we now have in our scriptures uh, to encourage them. And one of the letters that Paul writes is a letter to the, the, the Philippians. And, and the basis of what Paul is going to do or say to them, the encouragement and the appreciation and the love and the instruction, all that Paul is going to give them has a foundation. There's a foundation under it. There's a the sense of, of unity in the foundational truths of who God is, who Jesus is, from creation all the way to this moment, that God is the creator of the universe. We didn't just happen. That, that God has been a part of what he's uh, been doing on the earth the whole time. He didn't just wind us up and leave us 
out there to figure it out for ourselves, but he's been actively working with people that he created in his image, that he loves. And that when we sinned and let sin come into the world and we, we became separated from God, he saw us in that state of sin and separation from him. And he loves us and he sent his son Jesus to, to die for us, to pay the penalty for sin so that we can have a relationship with him. Well, he used a lot of people along the way to bring that about. And the Apostle Paul is one of those guys that, that God has used in the, in the New Testament period. And there's this foundational truth, and, and there's three things that, that are key to the foundation of, uh, of what God is doing now in your life and in my life that we, there's got to be this sense of agreement on as we go forward, as we move forward. Okay? And uh, there's three words that are key to this. The words go, come, and carry. Okay? So just say that with me. Go, come, Carry. Those three words are going to set the foundation for not just our faith, but for how we live. How we live on purpose for the Lord. The word go. Jesus said, Jesus said, go. Go into all the world, make disciples, teach, baptize, I'll be with you. Okay, so we know Jesus has called us as a follower of Christ to go and share what God has done in our life and what God has done in the history of the world through the scriptures with other people. We know that. The second word is the word come. We know that he is coming back. One day, Jesus is going to come back. He went into heaven and the angel said to the, the, the disciples that in the same way you saw him leave, he's going to come back. And so we know Jesus is coming back. It's just a matter of time. And so we have a sense of urgency as we go, that one day, time, as we know it, will be no more. And we, we can see just how fragile life is in the last month, right? So fragile. Uh, with just a virus. And, and we're talking about sickness, a sin sickness that separates people from God. There is nothing greater, there's no virus or disease or sickness greater than, than this one. And so Jesus comes. He, he gives us a, a, a commission to go, and he said, I'm coming back. And the third thing is we have this mission to carry out. That's what we're doing. That's what we should be doing on the planet. Like, we, we're not from here anymore. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are not, like, members of the planet anymore. We live on this earth with flesh and blood, but our, our citizenship now is in heaven through Christ and through the blood of Jesus that covers my sin, your sin if you've been washed in Christ and now you're a citizen of heaven. And so those three building blocks are huge for going forward. So the book of Philippians is the book that Paul wrote that we've been studying on and we're going to dig, we're going to go through this, okay? And we're in, uh, we've already looked at several truths uh, about what Paul said in chapter one, encouraging them and these building blocks to make them as strong of individual Legos or people as they can possibly be, as well as together they can be stronger. It's the idea of the weakest link, right? So the weakest link, it's going to, the whole chain will break if there's one weak link. We, we know that, we get that. Well, I want my part in this, my link, if I look at myself as a link in a chain with other believers and other Christians from, from the prophets all the way to this present moment, I want my link to be as strong as it can be. And I want 
the, our, our church, the church that I worship with, the church that I uh, teach at and, and grow with and, and, and build relationships with, that community, I want that community to be as strong as we can be so that together with the kingdom of God on earth, the, the church in a big picture, we can be as strong as we can because we are up against an unseen enemy. And I'm not talking about a virus. I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about evil and spiritual places like these heavenly powers that are up against anything that God has built. And when we give our life to Christ, we put a target on ourselves and the enemy is now going to come up against us. And so we're fighting that battle. And, and, we're, and so God's making us as strong as we can possibly be. And we come to chapter 2 in Philippians and... Uh, Probably one of the most powerful passages of Scripture in all of the Bible is in Philippians chapter 2 that we're going to begin to look at today. And we're going to go as far as we can today, and, uh, and then we're going to cut it off. Okay, so just keep mind of that. In light of what Paul has already said, right, these, these truths in chapter 1 about, about our relationship with God and our relationship with each other and being strong... And, and now he, in chapter 2, as he continues to write this letter to this group of people in Philippi, he's going to push them like even further toward greatness. Like he's not done working on them. And, and, and there's, there's like this, this, this foundational like milk kind of teachings that, that we get when we first come to Christ, these basic uh, fundamental teachings about who Jesus is and who we are, and then we're cut off, and all those like those uh, baby step kind of things. But Paul wants to go deeper than that. He doesn't want to stay on the surface with these people, or with you, or with me. He, God wants us to go deeper, like a scuba diver going deep into the Word of God, and and really becoming like Christ, not just saying the right things or wearing the right T-shirts, but truly deep within us, becoming like Jesus. And this passage of Scripture is, is going to push us toward that kind of greatness in Christ. So the first four verses, this is what the Scripture says in Philippians chapter 2. Paul writes, therefore, therefore, in light of chapter 1 and everything he's just said, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. Let's just stop there, right there, okay? Because Paul is going to begin by saying, look at what you have in Jesus. And when you don't have Christ in your life, you are living without these things. Okay, You don't have this unless you're in Christ. And that means a conscious decision to give your life to Christ, right? A decision of your will to say, God, you are Lord and Savior of me, all of me. And you surrender your will to His, and, and you give your life to Christ, and He fills you with His Spirit. Now, you are walking and you can claim the promises of God that He has for His people. Okay, not rebellious people who, who refuse to come to Him, but those who choose to come to Him. And everyone 
is invited to come. That's the beauty of the gospel. Every person is invited to come. And so he says, look what he says. If you have, he says, if you have, you know, any, and then he says, encouragement. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, like, like just the fact that you have been united with Jesus, if that doesn't change everything for you, nothing else will. Uh, you know, winning the lottery is not going to change your life. It will temporarily, but it will not change you on the inside. It will probably make you uh, more conscious of money and, and, and fame and, and popularity, and it'll probably pull you, for the most part, in the wrong direction if you were to... Uh, one day wake up and win, you know, $10 million. The chances of that drawing you closer to God are slim to none. The chances of that pulling you away from God because of the, the demands of the world now on you and the recognition of who you are will tend to pull you in the wrong direction. And so he says, like when you came into Christ, the encouragement of being united with Christ is unbelievable. And, and notice he, these things that he's about to point out to them and to you and me this morning are, are, are what Jesus brings to the table. Like because Jesus came and because he is who he is, that he is God in the flesh, he brings these things to the table, right? All these things that, that Jesus comes and he covers you and me with his grace and his mercy and his love. He lavishes on us truth from heaven and, and grace from heaven that can't be found on the planet outside of Jesus. Okay, but he says, if you've got any encouragement by being united in Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, like when you think about the love of Christ, and what that means to you. When you think about the fact that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That he loved you, not the things of this world, but he loves the people of this world because, because we are made in his image. So much that when he saw us cut off from him and separated, when he saw that we chose rebellion rather than obedience, he loves us. He loves us. He hasn't given up on us. And that truth alone should bring like comfort and peace to our hearts. I don't know what else will, if that does not. The love of God, that, that the creator of the universe, he loves you like he loves you. I'm not just saying, oh, like we say, oh, I love you, and we walk out the door and just we flippantly say these things. God loves you, not just with his words, but by his actions. Like he demonstrates that he loves you by the things that he does, but especially that he sent his only son to die on a cruel cross so that your sins can be forgiven and you can come back into a relationship with him. That is the ultimate in love. He says that comfort from his love, you should have comfort from knowing the love of God. And when you come into Christ and that love covers you, 
it makes your day. You're, you're done. You know, nothing in this world could ever take that away from you. Like there's nothing on the planet, nothing that could ever happen to you uh, that will ever like undo that or be greater than that. Like that has the potential to put that down. Nothing. Comfort from his love and encouragement from being in Christ are huge. And then he says, and if you have, uh, if, if any common sharing in the spirit, and so we know that, that Jesus said, I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to come and dwell in you. He's going to come and live in you. And so when we give our lives to Christ, the Spirit of God, same Spirit that was in Jesus, same Spirit that is in heaven, is now living in you. And, and just think about the power of the Holy Spirit that is now living in you. That's huge. It's powerful spirit. It's, it's greater than the spirit of this world. It's greater than the spirit of rebellion. It's greater than the spirit of sin. It's greater than the spirit that, that drags people down and destroys people and causes depression and causes all the things that we see people in this world going through. That's the spirit of the world doing that. But when the spirit of God comes into your life, you have this fresh, powerful spirit from heaven now living in your body, in you, claiming you, working in you, dwelling in you. And the goal of our lives is to line up with the Spirit. Like, let the Spirit of God living in us have this relationship with Father God in heaven, and we're just along for the ride. Like, we're just the vessel that the Spirit of God now can dwell in because we've surrendered to Him, and now He can use us for His glory. And then He says, if any tenderness and compassion. Like, think about that. Like, just think about that. It's a, it's a reminder, Paul's just trying to remind them of the tenderness and the compassion of the God who saves, of the Jesus who came to this earth for you and for me. And, and, and we weren't there when Jesus walked on the earth, okay? We weren't there. But we, we can read it in the scriptures. We can see what he was like by what the apostles wrote and what the scriptures tell us about who Jesus is. There are even outside sources, historians that lived during that time, like Josephus and others like that, that wrote about this Jesus who lived during their time on the earth and the things that Jesus did. And we look at the miracles that Jesus performed, and we looked at the interaction that Jesus had with people, like the woman at the well, and how compassionate and loving he was toward her, even though he knew she was a sinner and had many, hus many husbands. And, and the woman who came uh, into the home and anointed Jesus' feet with oil in the presence of all these religious people, and they all looked down on her, and they looked down on Jesus for being kind to her and loving to her. And so when Paul says, if if you, if you have any tenderness and compassion, kind of like what Jesus has for you, that's huge. He's like painting a picture with those two words of the life of Jesus and how much he loves us. That's amazing. That's just simply amazing. I'm going to introduce this next section, but we're not going to get to it today. 
He says, if, if you have these things, right, if you have encouragement, if you have comfort from His love, sharing in the Spirit, tenderness and compassion, He says this, then make my joy complete. And then He's going to give them, just here in this passage, eight things that they can build into their lives because of who Jesus is and what He's done for you and me. And because how he wants to work in us, building us into this amazing, strong person that is in love with the Creator. Like, that's all God wanted from the beginning was, was a relationship with the people he made in his image that were like him but had a will of their own. And we chose with that will to, to, to say no to him. Like a child rebelling against their parents. That's what we've done. But what Paul says here is if you have all this, this goodness in God that you understand who you are now in Jesus, that the world can't take that away, that the devil can't rob you of that if you, if you remain in Christ and just stay right there, Paul says, if you, if you understand all that, then here's how you can make my joy complete. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, that's all I believe that God is after. He, he wants to have this relationship with you and with me. A love relationship that is based on who he is and why he made us and that he loves us. That he wants this, 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 like this intimate relationship with you and me. And the way that that happens is by surrendering our hearts to God. By saying, God, I need you more than anything in the world. We're going to get to this next week, but it's about an attitude. And, and as you read through the next few verses, you're going to see, you're going to see the attitude of Jesus. And next week, we're going, to, we're going to dig into this even more, the attitude and the mindset of Jesus. Because a positive attitude, somebody once said, changes everything. And I don't just mean a positive attitude, the power of positive thinking kind of thing. I'm talking about a positive attitude that focuses its attention on God. On the one who made us, loves us, wept because we wandered away like sheep, sent his son to pay the penalty that he established for rebellion and sin, a, a, a sin penalty of death that, that if you eat of the tree, you will surely die. That if you sin, you will be cut off from God because He is holy and we can't enter into His presence with sin, unholy. And so He took care of our sickness, that blot of sin on our soul. He provided a way for it to be cleansed. We're looking for a way to, to somehow overcome this virus, the coronavirus. And I talked to you last time about the crown that it looks like a crown, which gets its name Corona. But Jesus is the one who wears a crown, who is King, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, who is over every sickness, every disease, anything that could ever come up against us as people, as individuals. He has already conquered. And he has authority over everything. And so he's the one that we want to turn to. So when we talk about positive attitude, we're talking about a mindset and an attitude that is focused 
on who he is. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm going to pray, and we're going to be done. But I hope you'll tune in again next time. And, and, and our prayer is that we will we'll get through this together. We'll, we'll lay low for a little while, but we will keep our hearts and our minds focused on things above, on the Word of God, and let that dwell in us like richly. And encourage one another, encourage other people, and be positive people, not because we just want to be positive people. Positive people because we're in Christ. And we already got the victory. We already conquered everything that could ever come up against us. The victory and the, the, the win, the gold, is ours. Only in Jesus. And we can be positive because of that. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would move in our hearts, God, that, that as Lego pieces uh, being built together form something really cool and something beautiful, God, that you're doing that in our lives together as a, as a body, as your church, bringing people together to unite them. And you're also doing that, Lord, in us, trying to make us the strongest piece of your kingdom that we could possibly be. And Father, my prayer is that we will submit to you. That we'll just be willing, God, to let you be Lord of not just the universe, but Lord of our heart. And what an awesome privilege, God, it is that you even want to be that you want to be the Lord and the Savior of our lives, that you want to walk with us and dwell with us and, and have a relationship with us. Father, we just love you for that and thank you for that. We pray that you'll be with us this week. No matter what happens, we'll conduct ourselves in a way or in a manner that is worthy of the gospel and that we will contend for the faith and that we'll share that with other people, that they'll have the same hope that we have because of who you are. We love you. We give you thanks, God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.